Welcome back to the Sunday Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? Bad, presumably. And of course, how are your heads? Literally can't be as bad as mine. Guys, how's it going? Forgive the sound of my voice. Forgive the nasal hue. Forgive how horrendous this must sound. It must be like a chalkboard with nails being scraped down it when you hear how scratchy my voice is. I am sick. I'm under the weather. Apologies. I don't have COVID. Uh, Mrs. Rose got a test on Tuesday. She's negative in general, but also for COVID. And I am sick. I don't know what it is. It seems like a chest infection type. It's a weird strain. We all know about these weird strains that are doing the rounds. Anyway, I feel like it's unfair because I'm also, by the way, some of you will be happy to hear, day five without cigarettes. I quit cigarettes. I'm off the cigarettes. I'm now a vape guy. In the hopes that within six months, I'm going to be completely nicotine-free. It's a, it's a plan, it's a process, and hopefully this will be it. This is the last time I will ever give up cigarettes. I am no longer a smoker, is what the uh, books are telling me to identify as. Anyway, yeah, I'm sick as a dog, and I feel like it's not fair because I've tried to make some positive and uh, productive life decisions recently, but there you go. That's what happens. Anyway, thank you all for your kind messages about last week's show. I feel like we're really getting back to where we belong and back where we were, which is uh, hugely positive. Thank you to everybody who subscribes to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. If you do not subscribe to the Patreon yet, please consider it. I do need to sit another theory test soon and that won't pay for itself. So patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Please follow me on Instagram if you don't already at Megan Mark. Now, I know why a lot of you are here today. Because yes, I failed the theory test. Yes, I did. I mean, let's just talk through this whole thing because I feel like I need to be, I'm I'm entitled to make a defense, right? Um, So look, the whole process, yes, it's embarrassing, okay? Walking into a theory test center at the age of 30 is likely the closest I'll ever come to a public shaming. Unless somebody unearths, of course, the rap singles I released in secondary school. Who would have thought that there wouldn't be a market for a rapper from Fox Rock? I thought that was relatable. Anyway, yeah, the theory test. It's weird, by the way. It's quite an interesting insight into the Irish psyche that last week I received more messages of emotional support from family and friends about sitting the theory test than I did when I told people I had depression. It's absolutely mental. And also, by the way, I might add, nothing quite describes the sense of joy people seem to be getting out of me failing it. Some of my friends are literally just ringing me and laughing down the phone and hanging up, not even saying anything, just laughing. Whatever happened to the old adage of everybody fails the first time? It totally depends on who you get in the day. It's not as easy as it's made out to be in the movies, though, you know? It's not. You grow up seeing the theory tests all the time in Hollywood films, you think that's easy. It's going to be a walk in the park. It's a walk to the fucking bus, mate, because it's a lot harder than it looks. And I did everything right for the theory test. I did everything right. I did a few practice tests the night before, passed all of them. What more could I have done? Who would have thought, by the way, that a free app with an ad for angry birds every 30 seconds wouldn't be an accurate reflection for the test I'd be sitting on the day? Everybody else is to blame but me, much like the rest of my life. Oh, but like most of it's common sense. Grant, I thought most of it would be common sense. I haven't always been gifted with sense that is common. May I bring your attention back to when I was 12 years of age, 
I remember one day going for a pee in the senior school. I was in sec, I was in sixth class at the time. And there was a sign on the back of a bathroom door written in permanent marker saying, Robbie McGinley comes when he sees boobs. And I remember thinking, fair play to him. Hopefully one day I'll do the same. I thought it was a compliment. Because back then, of course, I didn't realise that boobs were only half the battle in the treacherous war of attraction and actually things would get a lot more complicated once you go south of the border, okay? Nevertheless, about six weeks later, we were playing tip rugby out in the back pitches. Well, when I say we were playing, I was writing poetry in my Avril Lavigne A4 pad, but a few of the guys were doing sort of sports stuff. Oh, why'd you have to go my thing so bloody complicated? Cheers, Avril. You're dressed like somebody who sells incense and crystals in Temple Bar before going home to your parents' house in Donnybrook. I think you're the complicated one. Anyway, out in the back pitches, and there was these older guys playing uh, tip rugby or something, and I recognised one of them as Robbie McGinley. And I remember thinking, now's my chance. Go for it. Get some brotherly wisdom from the cool older guys. So I sort of walked up to like Robert and I was like, uh, hey, uh, Robert? And he was like, what is it, dweeb? I'm busy playing sports ball. So I sort of like fixed my glasses and untucked my shirt. And I asked him if it was true that he comes when he sees boobs. He punched me straight in the nose. It was insanely sore. Like my, my nose started gushing blood. But And also, by the way, I was at the age, you know, whenever you hurt yourself, like I was still at the age where if you hurt yourself, you just cry. Like you properly bawl your eyes out. It's not like when you're 14 or 15 and you sort of adopt a, ah, ah, when you hurt yourself. That's what like mid-teenagers do. I was roaring, like proper like moaning, crying. Anyway, your man McGinley felt so guilty. He took me into the nurse's office. And by the way, she just happened to be changing out of her blouse at the same time. So let's just say Robbie Cumboob McGinley got his nickname for a reason. He never showed up to school after that and never will again in this podcast because he doesn't exist. Nevertheless, maybe common sense hasn't always been my strong suit. So I felt deceived by people. Everybody around me was saying, oh, you don't need to study for the theory test. You don't need to study. But these are spoofers. These are complete and utter spoofers and liars. These are like the ones you used to have in secondary school going into exams and they'd say they didn't study either. And you'd rejoice in the fact that you're in this together. There's a team. You've got a crew. You're going down, but at least you're going down together. They can't fail everybody. Maybe they'll give us all over, give us a pass or something. But then, by the way, you go into the exam hall and they'd be scribbling with the aggressive fervour of Anne Frank if she heard footsteps on the stairs. You've betrayed me, Stephen. You've shafted me, Simon. You've played me, Greg Greg. So yes, I sat the theory test. And much like a male pensioner getting escorted from the lingerie section of Dunn's stores, it was surprisingly hard. Much harder than I thought it would be. questions by the way are ridiculous we'll get to that we'll get to that though we'll get to the ridiculousness of the questions first and foremost the real insult is Dunleary shopping centre on a Monday morning walking down through Dunleary I literally had to dodge a pool of chunky sick in between the bookies and the cash for gold store before I even got to the shopping centre and we won't even dress the immoral cynicism by the way of placing a cash for gold store beside a bookies but there you go walking into Dunleary Shopping Centre on a Monday morning. They had a skeleton in a rocking chair with cobwebs all over it. 
I was like, oh, that's nice for Halloween. No, that's Kenneth, the security guard. He's been there since 1912. That's Mark making bad jokes about skeletons, who allegedly been there since 1912. Anyway, there's about as many customers in Dunleary Shopping Centre on a Monday morning as you'd expect there to be in a post-explosion Chernobylese water park. The place is desolate. It's completely fucking empty. Like... Speaking of water parks, actually, do you remember when they opened up the National Aquatic Centre in Dublin and everybody thought it would be this, like, dreamlike oasis where you could bathe like a sophisticated Parisienne on the banks of the Seine? I'm pretty sure I got started on by a 43-year-old dad one time because he thought I'd intentionally stood on his son's foot because he had a Veruca. That place was lethal. It was like an episode of Love Hate, but underwater. It was Thunderland meets Atlantis. My life flashed in front of my eyes so much, it should have been done for indecent exposure. The place was fucking nightmare. Speaking of indecent exposure, actually, why was there always one child in any water-related scenario who doesn't know how to properly wear his togs? And it results in his todger and his coin purse, like, slipping out of the side. What is going on there? Never the smart kids, either. There was never the Mensa attendees. You wouldn't see him doing the backstroke in Olympic times thereafter. It was always the children you'd see with armbands on their feet, drinking from the plunge pool, or using the hairdryer for their togs. Absolute biscuits. And I'm not trying to be H2 over the top here, but the place was scary. It was terrifying. They shouldn't have had signs on the walls with warnings about the wave pool. They should have had warnings about the other swimmers. It was dangerous. Summer's answer to 7-Up on ice at the RDS. Yet where dreams go to drown. Instead of lifeguards, they should have just had guards. Member of un- members of Angarda Sia Corner. Because, you know what I mean, running away from somebody when you're nipple high in water isn't that easy. It's the stuff of nightmares, actually. You know, you know those dreams you have when you're trying to punch your screen, but you can't. Going to the aquatic centre and trying to flee three scrotes in the whirlpool is the real-life equivalent. It's insane. These pups coming in wearing armbands, leaving wearing handcuffs. Also, is it just me, by the way, or were Verruca's one of those things that seemed like when you were a child, they'd be a much bigger part of your life than they sort of just disappear as an adult? Anyway, Dunleary Shopping Centre. For each floor you go up in Dunleary Shopping Centre, you're metaphorically going down. It's literally opposite land. The lights are barely on once you get up to the top, at least on the ground floor. I think there's like a super value and maybe like a cafe. But again, like... Not really a cafe, probably one of the only places in Ireland that still sells paninis. Do you remember that? In around like 2006, everybody in Ireland thought they were really fancy for having a panini. Oh, very continental, isn't there something about panini? No, no, I wouldn't have a sandwich now, no. Disgusting piles of steam and shite, those things. No, no, no. A panini would be, a panini would be nice now, light. What are you having on it? Oh, just some... Uh, Congealed ham, uh, cheese, chicken and pesto. Good stuff. Yeah, no, I have to go easy now. If I keep having these paninis, I won't fit into my golf pants. Forget the fucking golf pants, Miriam. You wouldn't fit into a Fiat. Do you know what I mean? Dunleary Shopping Centre makes hospital cafes look like the Hacienda. It's the grimmest place on earth. You know, you go up and you've got one of those discount bookstores. Don't get me wrong, I love the idea of discount bookstores. And if they, I would shop there all the time if they had good books, but they don't. They're the sort of shops that like, they stock like people's second autobiographies. And if, by the way, much like if you've released a self-help book, if you've released more than one, you are a spoofer. If you've released a second autobiography, you are a spoofer. Unless you've sp- survived a plane crash, I don't want to hear it. You're just after the cash patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Do you know what I mean? You are a spoofer. 
Oh, hi, what's that book you have there? Robbie Keane's Guide to Using a Skipping Rope. Good stuff. Oh, David Attenborough's Least Favourite Socks. These books are bananas. They never have the book that you actually want. I went into one recently. Excuse me, do you have that uh, new Sally Rooney? Uh, No, but we have a book written by the 73-year-old prostitute who slept with Wayne Rooney, humorously titled, When It Wanes It Pours. Might that be of interest? Are you joking me? Yes, please, I'll take four. Do you know what I mean? Dunleary Shopping Centre is the sloppiest place on earth. If, if you were to commit a heinous crime and were in dire need of a safe house, just wander around the second or third floor. Like, it's, 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 it's a safe haven for criminals or for the, for the, lawn, for the wandering or lost. It's, the, the place itself acts as a deterrent to buy things. The biggest barrier to entry faced by the businesses there are the literal barriers you have to go through to enter. It's mental. Anyway, I was there. To sit my theory test. And much like me looking at the reproductive diagrams in my science book in first year, it was strangely hard. It was unusually hard. So I get up to the top floor, I get outside the uh, theory test build uh, office. It's very empty, okay? And there's a couple of people hanging around, mostly 17-year-olds. I felt very uncomfortable. A couple of them asked me for, asked me for a selfie, which made me feel more uncomfortable, because there was one woman looking over sort of tut-tutting, as if I had solicited pictures from these underage bloody teenagers. Then who else was there? I think there was like an international student. How did I know he was an international student? Because of course he was wearing the uniform for all international students. Extra long basketball shorts, sliders with socks regardless of the weather, and inexplicably always on FaceTime, no matter what activity they're doing. Have you ever noticed that with international students? They're just always on FaceTime. And the mother in the background always sounds like she's in the middle of the most stressful situation ever, yet they're still FaceTiming. Your man literally escaping a building shattering because of an earthquake. Hola. Uh, yeah, her, her, hola. They don't, it's mental the amount of FaceTiming these guys do. Nothing wrong with FaceTime. Nothing wrong with international students, but Jesus. Anyway, so you get up to the top and eventually I get called in. Right? Now, this, I was thinking, look, it's, it's a theory test. It's, this should be a relatively relaxed affair. The person that works there is the biggest lunatic I've ever encountered in my life. Like, he clearly has the mind of Patrick Bateman, but the body of Matt Lucas. I walk in to the off, to the, like, little office, right? And I'm like, uh, hello? And I just hear, I don't know where some, hello, Mark. Sorry? Yeah, yes, I'm like looking up to the scene like, yes, please take a seat. Oh, uh, okay. Hello, Mark. We've been expecting you. Uh, hiya. Uh, uh okay, yeah. Uh, why are you wearing suspenders? He was wearing suspenders and jeans, like meant, do you have a mime class at four? Or are you freelancing in TGIs? Suspenders and jeans. This is mental. He had those plastic bags over his shoes. I didn't know whether he was about to clean up a crime scene or install Sky Digital in my living room. The weirdest people ever. Also, the amount of authority these guys take. Like, you'd. Sw- I was asking him, he comes in, please empty your pockets. Genu- I was like, genuinely? He was like, please empty your pockets. I was like, okay. So I took whatever was in my pockets out, put them on the table. 
Please, please turn out your pockets. How could somebody cheat in, there's like 800 potential questions. How could somebody cheat in the fucking theory test? And he was like, don't believe, you, you wouldn't believe we see everything in here. Do you, yeah? You see everything. Christ almighty, yeah. Like you may as well be working in Alcatraz. You've probably seen a lot in the theory test centre in Dunleary shopping centre. My word. You've probably got the thousand yard stare, don't you? Good God. And I was like, so what else do you do here? Like, uh, you know, other than the theory test. Oh, we, we deal with all the important state stuff. Do you, yeah? Declan, I've noticed you're wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. Now, I don't know if that's dramatic irony or what. What important stuff are you dealing with? So I go in, I turn out my turn out my uh, pockets, which is sort of degrading. And then, please go through to the other room. My colleague will see you there. The security. You wouldn't get this much security in JFK on September the 12th, 2001. It's absolutely outrageous. So then you're sort of in the little pig pen, the rabbit hutch, in between, you know, entrance A and then the actual place which you sit this test. But by the way, it's just a tiny little room. So I'm in there. Hello, Mark. Hey, why, are you always, why are you all speaking the same? Where, where did you get these voices from? I was like, hey, man, what's the story? Hello, Mark. Now, when you enter the room, if you need any help, please raise your hand. I was like, oh, just, just there beside you, like literally four feet away. Yeah, sure, I'll just give you a shout. Please raise your hand. I will not interact with you unless you raise your hand. I was like, bro, like I'm, I can, I can literally see you from the perspex. Like you're literally four feet away from me. Please raise your right hand should you need anything. What could I need? What could I possibly need? Anyway, okay, fine. He talked me through the things. Uh, please place your passport on the table. Open up the photo. Okay, and it's like there's literally a mark on the table. I've never seen such attention to detail. It is preposterous. So this guy then. Let's me into the room. I go, Grant. I go in. I sit the theory test. Now, in my defense, okay, I've only ever sat the theory test one time before. I was 17 years of age, not so long ago, I know, because I'm 26 now, but I was 17 years of age, and I didn't study much like this one, but I, the night before, I'd borrowed the CD-ROM from a friend of mine, and I'd sat, I did 40 out of 40 questions, and it was like, unbelievable, got 40 out of 40. Turns out, by the way, I had completed 40 out of 40 questions, but I'd only gotten about seven of them right. So it was a disaster. Went in, sat the test. Some of the questions were fair enough, you know, if you see a stop sign, what do you do? I was like, Grant, this is complete common sense. Some of the questions were like, oh, I'm trying to think like, oh, if if you're if you're approaching a bloody blah, what should you do? Like genuinely like really, really easy questions. But then you get some ones. If Mildred and Fuinchi are driving a car at 200 miles per hour along the M7 and their rear brake light flashes twice, what colour were Bob Geldof's socks on the late late last June? Are you outside of your mind? How is anybody supposed to know the answers to this? So I failed it. 31 questions out of 40. I know. I go out, I go through. Hello, Mark. This, if you say this, please take a seat and we'll have your results shortly. And I was like, well, I don't want to sit here because I, like, I don't think it went well. I then get an email on my phone and it says, uh, yeah, like, be- basically, better luck next year, champ. And so I go, sorry, mate, uh, I'm actually finished there. So can I, can I leave? He was like, 
just wait a moment, I'll read you out your results. I was like, no, no, I've already got them on the email. And I could actually feel his penis softening. The guy wanted, this this sadistic freak wanted to read me out my failed test in front of all of the other perverts waiting to go in and do their exams. That's how he gets off. He's dedicated his life to testing teenagers in the theory test just to get his jollies. It's absolutely mental. So I was like, no, bro, I'm going to leave. And he couldn't stand up because obviously he was wearing light chinos. It would have been visible that he was aroused. So I was like, bro, I'm leaving. I'm gone. I'm absolutely gone. I texted my mum. She goes, well, listen, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. And I was like, well, there is. No, no, Mark, don't be silly. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. You know, it reminded me of like whenever I was 13 and I'd be in Arnott's towards the end of summer and you'd be trying on a pair of trousers and your mum would be like, oh, just try them on here now. You've got nothing to be embarrassed about. Nobody cares. Mum, I care. I care. I'm 13 years of age in a department store, not fitting into these grey school pants because I ate too many Cornetto softs all over the summer. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, all in all, much like the first time I watched the shower scene in Angela's Ashes at the age of eight, it was unexpectedly hard. so much for supporting the show as I said at the beginning please consider subscribing to the Patreon patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan follow me on Instagram at Megan Mark and uh, please leave a review of the show if you enjoyed it uh, thank you so much for all of the support all of the love and everything it means the world to me and yeah you are excellent take care of yourselves have a good week I hope you don't catch whatever this bloody virus is because it's horrendous okay take care speak to you soon all the best Thank you.